So who is, I'm curious, man, who is uh, Patient Zero, man? When you think of Estranged Fathers, man, who's uh, who's Patient Zero? What's the first thing that comes to mind, you guys? The first one that I think of is like Shaquille O'Neal and his dad. That was mm. kind of prevalent back in the day. Um, it was a big, big major news story, especially because once he made his little money, you know, his dad tried to come back into his life. But that's the one that I think of the most. <laughs> Right. I think, of, I think of LeBron James a lot because, I mean, he's he's made a lot of leaps and bounds, man, uh, without a father. Mm. Say what you want to say about him, like or love him. He's done a lot. You know, oh, yeah. Having the, the tutelage and, uh, you know, have a, have a father in the crib, you know what I'm saying? No guidance. So, yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I, my hate for him stops at the edge of the court. You know, I, I, on the court, I dislike him like you would believe, but <laughs> seems like he's a genuinely good dude, man. Seem like he's no bad guy, nothing like that. I just don't care for his game all that much. You know what I'm no, saying? No. I, he's one of the greats. Like I just don't, I, I don't know, I don't know. What is the initial expectation of a father in the very first place? Hmm. Um, I say to be um, available, to be, um, you know, wherever your kids can get a hold of you at, uh, to protect them, to take care of them. Um, man, just all the way around, just to be there, you know, just, just to make sure to, um, not let your kid think that they're, they are without a father, you know, you're mm. always in the picture some way, shape or form, you know, that's what I think a father should be. Earl. I think to protect, um, you're definitely supposed to lead. You have to be the head of the household, so they have to see a healthy uh, leader. You got to be the, the voice of reason, a person that they can go to for sound judgment. The Virgil, yes, of course. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. The traveler and Virgil. But uh, what I, what a point I'm coming to is um, by mentioning what the expectation of a father is, is that an estranged father. You know what is that? That's uh, I looked it up on the uh, on the Googles and. What it said was that uh, a, a father that had no longer has an affectionate relationship with a child. And uh, the second thing I'll, I'll ask you guys is that, you know, when when a child doesn't have that father to give them the guidance, to give them whatever a, a father provides for them, you know, are they just are they just shooting in the dark? I mean, you know, how how essential, how necessary is it to have that father figure in the first place? I'd say that uh, it's very essential, but because you don't have a father doesn't necessarily mean that uh, you, you have to be shooting at the dark. Um, depending upon your family structure, you can have a family figure, you can have a father figure and an uncle and an older brother and a cousin, um, you know, a lot of different ways that you can have a father figure, man, and somebody can help you along those paths of fatherhood or or being a man, you know, coming up uh, as a young man. So not, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are doomed in this world. Mm, um, of course. But if your if your mother is is uh, is um, looking for the, your best interests at heart, she wants to make sure you have some kind of a man figure in your life to kind of help you out along the way. Okay. So before uh, we pass this this along, I want to say something specifically before we get to the next thing is that. You know, Earl, what do we say about men? What what do we whisper amongst ourselves about men that are raised by women? And you know, not especially 
may or may not have a father figure in their life? Um, a lot of times I think that we whisper and say that they're emotional. They mm-hmm. tend to, you know, act on emotions quite often. Um, <clears throat> poor decision making. Yeah, poor decision making. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're not coachable. They're, they they kind of easily give up. Those are some of the things, you know, just in general, I think characteristics of a young man that is raised with a absentee father. Well, here's the thing is in this, and I'm not speaking, you know, directly at you, but, but you can spell out your situation as much or as little as you like, but you've had a situation where you've, you've got a, a father in your life that's not, not especially a biological, but talk to me about your, how you are, what, what, what makes you you versus the, the stereotype of, you know, woman that raises a young man, if that makes any my sense. Mother, my mother made sure that I had male influences. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you said, uncles, coaches. Uh, she put me in karate class, senseis and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Men that she felt, you know, would add value to me. Um, a lot of women <clears throat> don't necessarily do that. They won't force their children to, you know, be in these uncomfortable situations. I didn't necessarily like karate, but my mother saw that it was fit. So I did that. Um, but a lot of them, they'll put them in basketball. They'll try these different camps and because they don't like the way that the coach is talking to them, they'll pull them out. And then it raises quitters. You know, it's like, okay, if I don't like something, then I'll just quit. So uh, my mother never allowed me to quit. If I said I was interested in something, I had to at least see it out for a season or whatever. So um, I think that's kind of, you know, what makes me stand alone or, you know, away from a lot of the stereotypical guys who grew up without dads. Okay, and with that, we're going to move into our topic today, which is the uh, the trope of the estranged father, and we've seen it in a lot of our celebrities that we we, that we know and love, uh, Roy Jones Jr., Roger Mayweather. Uh, um, who else can we give me some more examples, fellas, of uh, estranged fathers in the uh, celebrity sphere? Fifty Elon Musk. Oh, fifty, yeah, Elon. I didn't hear. I don't know what about Elon Musk. That's something we're gonna. I'm gonna ask you to circle back to later, Earl. But yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really yeah, good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. And for yeah, obvious we're reasons, have to, we'll, we have we'll to come dive into that one, bro. We'll come <laughs> <into that> one. <laughs> so, yeah, the estranged father. I mean, for whatever reason, um, you know, life happens, man. And you know, and I, I wrote down in my notes is that you know, everybody doesn't fit together, and that 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 includes father, son, father, daughter, mother, daughter, mother, son all pieces don't always fit together. Everything's not always, you know, even on every side. Um, Let's start here in a place of what do you think would bring a person to embrace being uh, an estranged parent or an estranged, estranged father? Because I know for myself, and I won't speak for you guys, you guys can add what you want to, I would move heaven and earth to make sure that I stayed in my daughter's life. Okay. So I don't know that I would ever let that happen. One thing I will say about my own upbringing is that, you know, my mother had her issues with her father, you know, being there, not being there. And she never made me feel like me not being in any child's life was an option. You know, not, not that, you know, she was going to beat me up or abuse me or anything. It's just like, I if had I been responsible for something of that sort, I feel like I couldn't come and look my mother in the face. And and better yet, she probably wouldn't have me 
in that in that circumstance. So I'm going to put it to you guys. You know, what do you think? Is there a good reason to not be in a, a child's life? I would have to say consistent disrespect. And I'm just throwing something out there. Um, I couldn't see in any type of way, shape or form me not being in any either one of my children's lives. Um, but that's from where I sit now at, at the age, my t- my kids are teenagers. So uh, we have a disagreement, we have a misunderstanding, we do our best to talk it out and work it through. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of different things that go on within the confines of a co-parenting relationship mm-hmm. that could kind of <laughs> set the terms for a situation to where mm-hmm. you could understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember at one point in time, I never would have thought that I could understand why a father would do that. But going through what I've dealt with and what I've seen a lot of other fathers deal with, I better understand. I'm not saying that I condone, but I understand. I understand. You've got a bigger your scope's wider now. Yeah, absolutely. 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 It is. So it's always a two way street. <clears throat> and to me, there's always a reason. Everybody has their breaking point. You know, even as a man, you're like, look, there's only so much that I can take. I can't see that point for myself, but I can understand why some of these um, celebrities and some of these people are estranged from their kids. Mm-hmm. Especially, you, you, we can never understand the the entitlement of a child, especially like a celebrity kid. Mm-hmm. We didn't grow up with that kind of money. Our kids aren't raised like that, so I don't mm-hmm. understand. But that dynamic seems very toxic to me because these are adult kids that we're talking about. These aren't like, you know, 10, 12 year old little children. These are 20, 30 year old kids. Hmm. And to me, they have been allotted or, you know, they've been given pretty good lives. And for their parents to cut them off for some reason, it has to be a reason. And as a dad, I acknowledge that because if I tell my child, hey, I'm going to discipline you if you do this and I don't discipline them, what is that saying? Hmm. That's rewarding bad behavior. Mm-hmm. so I, I i i hats off to some of these guys who do and it's not necessarily i'm not going to talk to you it's just okay i'm not going to pay for your stuff i'm not going to afford this lifestyle for you I'm not and if we can have a relationship because i cut off you financially then what kind of relationship did we really have yeah so, it's a lot of different avenues that you could venture down um before you get to the point where you feel like you got to totally cut off your child um and I'm with you, Earl, and man, sometimes that's a difficult situation because um, you have these things and these rules that you enforce. And when those things aren't being enforced or they're not, you know, receiving it, it's a fine line. Like, all right, I, every time I see my daughter or my son, I can't act as if I have some type of a grudge against them because not doing the things that I need for them to do. You know, we still have to have uh, a good relationship with one another to where they feel comfortable coming to me and communicating with me. Those lines of communication have to stay open all the time. So that line is really fine, man. It's really difficult to kind of ride that line because you want to let them know, like, look, I'm not going for that. So like you said, you know, financially, I'm not supporting that anymore. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not doing these things anymore until you get on this page that I need you to be on with me. So and that's that's a difficult situation on its own, man. But like you said, I couldn't, I can't fathom not being in my kid's life. I, I, I can't do it from from this vantage point as I sit right now. No, I can't. I can't. Okay, let me get a uh, 
let me get a yeah and yeah on this. Uh, you know, you can go further if you like, but um, we, we talk about adults that, that disengage from kids for various reasons, but are some kids just assholes at the end of the day? Yes. See. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they are yeah they are and sometimes it's to no fault of your own man most times you know you can kind of follow the path you can be like all right man yeah your mom was this and your father was this whatever the case may be but sometimes just got an asshole in the mix man you what what you gonna be able to do about it you know what i'm saying it's not always in alignment it's not always gonna be perfect man it's not and sometimes you'll get that kid, man, that's just out there and you don't know where it came from. You know what? This is something that I, I you know, all kids aren't pretty. All kids aren't smart. All no. kids aren't charming, <laughs> just like adults, man. Some of them, yeah. you see them at, when they're kids and you go, mm, you're going mm-hmm. to prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know i i know i'm just joking but you know that i, I hate to put such a fi- fine point on it but you know you you know kids uh you know they're uh, they're uh i've heard it said that kids are both uh crystal balls and mirrors and you know crystal ball part yeah. i'm i'm gonna go ahead and say mm, you, i'm gonna keep eye on this one right? <laughs> you know I know Sebron has experience, you know, working with trouble youths and everything like that, man. Can you give me a uh, a yay or nay on, hey, you look at a kid and you can kind of see the trajectory? Yeah, you can. You can, man. And sometimes it's troubling, man, because you see these kids and their parents will come and see them on visiting day. And they're, they're two good people, man. Come from good homes, come from good backgrounds, been giving every chance or have given every chance afforded to them. To, to do well and to do better and they just don't take it man and they choose a different path they choose a different world man and it's mind-boggling man because some kids that they don't even have the opportunities the same chances that some of these kids do man and and go down that path man so yeah you you see it coming and then when you see it you be like you just shake your head like bruh if you wouldn't listen to anybody you're gonna have problems on see the- real quick um when you see these kids and you ad- identify them as such, do you double down on them or do you just kind of, oh, I, I don't want to even waste resources dealing with this guy? No, <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel that way, man. Cause you know, you just never know where something can turn. You know, yeah. you, I, it's not very many, man. I can kind of one hand how many that I've gotten to a point where I felt like I had to just kind of wash my hands of it. Um, you know, I think back at myself growing up in high school and in college, man, made a lot of different wrong turns, man. And I seem to get it together, man. And so do a lot of other people my age and coming up, man. So I've yeah. never thought that, you know, just throw them away, man. Maybe a handful, a very small handful. But other than that, nah, man, everybody deserves an opportunity to change, man. Everybody has the uh, propensity to do so if they wanted to. Well, word up, man. Listen, I'm going to take this opportunity, man, to, to open up the floor for a couple of uh, plugs from some businesses that we uh, have affection for, man. Y- y'all got something for me? Uh, I got two businesses. Both are Black-owned. Um, the first one I want to acknowledge is Toad & Carry. I took a little business trip this weekend or last weekend and uh, got a couple comments about my bag, so I want to shoot them out. It's called Toad & Carry. Dot com. Um, they got a real nice special now. I think you get three pieces of very nice luggage for about 300 bucks. And also, I want to shout out the uh, Theoretical Chef. Um, always working hard. 
check him out on social media. Um, he'll get you together. All right. Yeah, my business, Actuary Solutions, man, uh, own it with a couple other good brothers, man. We we do businesses for around the city in Indianapolis. Uh, Actuary Solutions, we are on Facebook. Uh, look us up. Uh, website uh, and email is actuarysolutions21 at gmail.com. So holler at us. Uh, get at us, man. You got any kind of air ducts need to be clean, drivers need to be clean, commercial work, residential work. We do all that. Holler at us. Black businesses, we, we do that. All right, man. Welcome back to Firm Fatherhood. Um, we're here talking about estranged fathers today. Um, we have a whole bunch of different examples um, that we may have heard at one point or another uh, of estranged yeah. fathers um, and things that have been going on in our community for some time now. Um, Herm, man, like a. Uh, Give me an example, man, out of all the celebrities and the things that we've been researching. Uh, give me one, man. Give me one of a, an estranged father, man, that we can kind of dissect and talk about here a little bit. My shattered dreams and broken heart. I'm ending on the shelf. Man, that was terrible. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're going to have to cut that and post it. <laughs> there were some shadow dreams indeed, my mom. <laughs> no, Shattered man, what I'm, what I'm getting at, you know, people don't appreciate, you know, artistry when they see it. A uh, man, Brian McKnight, and his, his two sons. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but I'm sure you've heard, you all heard the story of Brian McKnight and his two sons. And now, if you believe Brian McKnight, which I uh, I watched a video that he put out a couple years ago, and he says that you know, in light of all the things that his sons are saying about him, he said that at the time when they were 22 and 27, I think he said that they were, he put them in an apartment, gave them two years to get the thing together, you know, gave them multiple opportunities to for employment for. For, for school and everything like that. And he said, and he told him at the end of two years, that's it, you cut off. So if you believe him, if you want to take him at his word, then that's what he's dealing with. So I think it's only right. I mean, just assume that this is all true. What he said is that we start to talk about entitlement and, you know, what, you know, we all want to kind of get the roadblocks out of our kids way we all want kids to just kind of have those things that we did not but uh at what point does entitlement man what, what time what, what point does that become problematic it, it comes it's become problematic man i think especially when it comes to uh, these celebrities man and he comes with money money seems to come into a situation and kind of just fuzzy up things a little bit you know what i'm saying when you talk to me about brian mcknight the 50 cent thing with his son marquis seems to be basically in the same vein right like yeah you did this this and this for me dad but you were supposed to be doing this on this grandiose scale you know above everybody else and i don't feel that way i feel like i was slighted i feel like i didn't get my just desserts for being your son that's what can it I, sounds like to me maybe can I'm i inject kind of, can i inject one thing i yeah. he said his son Mark, he said a number. He said he was getting like six and a half grand a month, and I was done. I stopped reading. I said, "Okay, <laughs> like, what, what are we talking <laughs> about here? <laughs> These are entitled kids. These are entitled kids." They said he said that's not enough. That's not enough. If I gave Bro, my kid six grand one time, I'd be the best dad ever <laughs> in life, <laughs> bro. In life, on, son. I want to know what this, this what this cat's eating. You know that. 
six and a half grand ain't per month ain't enough. I, I I'd love to know what his diet's like, man. It must hey, be uh, unicorn or something. I don't, I don't know. There's a YouTube guy who dissected that six thousand for New York living. It's crazy. He was like, even if he's eating top shelf and dressing the best, he's still bringing home like fifteen hundred after everything is paid for in a month, like a condo in uh, Manhattan or something. Yeah, it was crazy. I want to use some expletives. I really want to use some expletives, but yeah. okay, I'll, I'll just let it <laughs> yeah. I'm really trying to understand here, man. It's just because we all know it's two sides to every story, right? So if it's two sides to every story and we got Ryman Nice Kid's uh, side of the story, we got Marquise's yeah, yeah, yeah. side of the story, like, and you, it seems as if 50 and uh, Ryman Knight have pretty much, for the most part, have been pretty quiet, man. They haven't said and shared a whole lot about what went on, man, and and you have to think at some point how much have these guys or these fathers given until they got to the point where like, look, I can't do this anymore. I, I just can't do this anymore. And considering who they're giving it to, I mean, let's just be honest. They We are giving it to our kids, but these are women who they did not necessarily have relationships with in both in both instances. Not these were not their wives. Brian McKnight was married that first time. Was he married? He was okay. married to that woman. Yeah, she, uh, Julie, I think her name was Julie, Julie McKnight or something like that. Judy McKnight, I don't even remember. Uh, but yeah, he was married to I that woman. That. that Yeah, yeah. Okay. He has, like a, new fam- he has a new family now. Actually. New family. Married to- yeah, yeah. So but do divorce, you think that's part of the issue? The new family? Absolutely. Absolutely. Divorce oh. absolutely raises the estranged rate. Because yeah. the, the old wife now has, you know, a ton of time to feed into her children as to what's going on at the new house. And then the new kids are now competing with his new wife, their new kids, or whatever else they got going on. So it's a lot to untangle there. Everybody's jockeying for position. Absolutely. And that now custodial parent is in the ear of the child a lot more than before. Well, they in their thirties now, so child, yeah. nothing, man. It, he's yeah. just that's two grown men that's going. Me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to be rich as you, Dad. I'm supposed to have all the same things you got. For like, what? What did you do, man? I, I I heard Fifty talk on the Breakfast Club, man, and he was pretty much telling us all the things. Well, not all the things, but some of the things that he did to try to get his son on the path of going where he went. You know, not just giving it to him, but you know kind of showing them, hey, man, if you're trying to get to where I'm going, let me show you the path instead of just giving it to you. You know what I'm saying? And that's pretty much what they want to do anyway. Who wants to just keep giving their kids something like that and put them, give them some kind of sense of entitlement? And you can never get these kids out of your pocket. Like you said, it'd be grown men still complaining about what you didn't do and what you didn't give them. So, nah, I can't I can't see myself going through any of that stuff, man. But but yeah, these examples that we talked about so far, man, I don't know. Um, like I said, two sides to every story. And, um, you know, it just seems as if something went wrong communication-wise along the way. So uh, we'll look at some other examples and see where we can go from there. I want to pick it up real quick. Um, the communication part is very key because to me, the parents, the custodial parent needs to teach the child how to deal with the non-custodial parent. Right. That's part of it. Right. Who told Marcus or Marquise that he could go attack 50 on social media? That is not a good idea. He lives there. That's, <laughs> that's where he thrives. That, that's that's his MO. Yeah, yeah, Come on, yeah. son. Yeah, don't do Come that. On. He didn't really have a lot to gain from that, I don't think. Yeah, you, you lose. 
No. Dealing with 50 in social media, you're gonna lose. He's a bully. Let's just call it what it is. You He's a damn worse. bully. Yes, you made it worse. Yeah, he made it worse. I agree with that. All right, brothers, man, we're back. This is Firm Fatherhood. Uh, yes. We're talking about estranged fathers today, man, and we got a lot to say about the subject. Really trying to nail down here exactly what a strange father is, uh, the different aspects of it, why does it happen, how does it happen. Um, and we gave a couple examples in the last segment about what was going on as far as, uh, you know, 50 Cent, Brian McKnight is concerned. Two different stories, two different sides of the coin. Um, but I got a question for you fellas, man. It's also a situation with Lawrence Fishburne and his daughter, Montana Fishburne. And if you're not familiar with that situation, whatever's going on between them, man, uh, Montana Fishburne has a lot going on. Uh, she's done some porn. She got some videos out there. Uh, she's been arrested on charges of prostitution. Um, she's been a stripper, you know what I'm saying? You do know what they say when you got a daughter. What's your main objective? Keep her off, Keep the, pole. off the pole. Keep her off the pole. So, um, seeing that Lawrence Fishburne is a star, man, he's a famous actor, got a lot of movies underneath his belt, has a lot to lose as far as his notoriety and his name is concerned. Is that enough for him to step away from his daughter and, you know, be estranged as far as his daughter is concerned? Is that enough for you fellas to want to step away as far as it seems like she's doing all these things purposely to push away from her dad? That's what I was going to say. It To me, it's not a reason to push away your kids or be estranged. But if they're doing it out of hurt, I, you know. Spite. Yeah, out of spite, then I can't, no, I can't, uh, I can't go for this. Now, if she just wants to be a stripper and she always aspired to be a porn star, then I'm like, okay. But if you're just doing this to piss me off or to try to hurt my pockets in some kind of way, I, no, yeah, I'm going to have to cut ties with you. I think uh, Sebron introduces a, a, a real, uh, a new wrinkle that we haven't talked about, which is uh, Lawrence Fishburne is a brand, and you know, you know, he's got his his uh, his investment is twofold. You know, he has to be a, obviously be a father to his daughter, but Lawrence Fishburne, the the brand, the uh, the legendary actor, the act, you know, the, the philanthropist, or whatever you know, adjective you uh you throw in front of him he's got to protect that as well and yes. what is porn what is addiction what does prostitution do to that brand you have to weigh that versus you know what your uh responsibilities as a father so i'll, I'll just these are good these are things that his kids are doing not him he's not participating in these things don't, right? don't matter where if i'm like i said i can't say anything emphatically but I you think know, it does because they're a spin artist and you can't tell me that he can't find somebody to spin this to his likeness like, look, my daughter did all these things and look at how we came. I, I doubled down. I We're working on this situation. George Lopez has a show now because he and his estranged daughter have patched things up. I don't know. It was, I don't know what all it entailed, but they have a show. They're making money now because of their estranged relationship. And I feel like Lawrence Fishburne, he's got to have people who can spin this if he helps his daughter out. But if you abandon your daughter for your brand, I don't know. I was going to ask that same question. Understandably, you know, you, you want to keep your bread because that's your livelihood. And that's how you take care of your family. That's how you take care of your kids. But how do you how do you tell the difference? How do you 
protect one thing while not protecting the other like what what is more important your relationship with your child or your brand like you just said and if your brand is more important then maybe that's part of the reason why she is bucking against you and doing the things that she's doing because she feels like your precious brand is more important to you than our relationship so these are the things that i'm going to do to defy that and to drag you through whatever i feel like i need to drag you through for whatever the situation is, because of course we don't know the entire story. I'm sure it's more to it than what we know, but what's more important to you, you know, that aspect of your, of your legacy or the relationship with you and I, and if she uh, feels like it is, maybe that's the reason for her actions. I don't know. It's don't a chicken know. and egg sort of thing, man. Cause you know, guess what? This Lawrence Fishburne, the brand is what is, you know, put food in his daughter's mouth and, and allowed her to come to this place where she is right now. That's that's the brand. That's Lawrence Fishburne. That's you know Boys in the Hood, and that's Matrix. That mm-hmm. you know that that fed her and, and clothed her and educated her. Mm-hmm. So I think both of those things are important. Now, if we're, if we're asking which one is more important than the other, in the grand scheme, I'm sure his daughter is the more important thing. But mm-hmm. you know, I feel like any reasonable person is going to fight like hell to keep both of those things you know I, I would hope so and to me that fight starts from birth like you can't wait till they're 20 and then start pouring into your kids to me there needs to be a communication there where they saw this thing going you know strange it, it didn't just wake up one day and they was like i'm done and i'm done no i believe they they, they could have righted this ship before it got to this point to me it was absolutely a series of bad choices on both sides for for it to be where it is right now you know, right. You know, a series of bad decisions, man, not just one big giant one. So right. probably right. like cheating, like cheating on your girlfriend or something. You know, you don't just make the one thing to, to stick it in. It's like, hey, listen, uh, you ended up at, at the movies with this girl and back at a place. It's like, you know, it's, it it's, led up to it's it. not one thing. It's several, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I've heard about cheating, at least. I, I, I don't know for myself. <laughs> God forbid you know anything about that, man. You know, damn all that, damn all that. Well, since we're asking a question, man, and this is like, a, you know, we all have daughters, so we understand how difficult it is anyway to raise a daughter without her swinging on a pole or doing porn videos or arrested for prostitution and, and a number of other things that are just awful to hear as a father. Um, but let's talk about another wrinkle in this whole situation, because we don't know what goes on in their household, but maybe we can speak on it a little bit. What about the situation to where is the 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 parent involved is poisoning uh, the child as far as the father is concerned? And that is something that hope that kind of leads into the situation with uh, the estrangement. Is that something that could happen, Earl? Is that something that happens uh, on a normal basis? Is that what happens more times than not when we're talking about estrangement? Oh, I believe so. Um... Even if they, even if the custodial parent doesn't feel like they're poisoning the well, they're getting to tell their truth, and they, and that mic is on a lot more than the non-custodial parent. I feel like as the non-custodial parent, you need to pour as much as you can into your kids, and you only get them for like a weekend or so, you know, once a week, whatever your situation is. So to me, you need to show consistency because there are going to be people poisoning the well or you know, giving their opinion on you. What you need to do is show your consistency because at some point your kid is going to be like, well, for the past 10 years, you've been saying bad things about dad, but I remember he was here for this. He did that. Anytime I needed him. 
So to me, your actions speak louder than their words. Yes. You need that. I agree, man. Consistency and availability. They go hand in hand when it comes to anybody poisoning the well, when it comes to your relationship between you and your child. Um, For the time being, you and I both know, man, it's a hard road because you have to kind of withstand all the the venom that may be being spewed from the other aspect of it or the other side of it to where it's you just, like you said, kind of continue to show and prove who you are as a father and as a man and consistently being available for your kids, regardless of what the situation is. And at some point along the line, they'll understand and be able to grasp that on their own without having to take into account, account all the things that were said or, you know, that were negative or bad or whatever the case may be, but availability, man, and consistency that kind of, you know, hopefully we had a chance you in, the, in the long run. We had a chance to talk about this uh, some minutes beforehand. And uh, I think Earl said it when he said that, you know, it's playing the long game, it you know, is. in, in the short term, you're going to, you're going to eat a lot of punches, man. I mean, you're going to eat a lot of punches and, you know, you, you have to stay in the pocket and, you know, and have faith in, you know, the deductive reasoning of, of, of another person. Like, Hey, listen, I know you've heard this, but one of these days, man, this, your math is going to start math and, and, you know, (laughs) the the truth will be the truth. You know what I mean? (laughs) Patience, man. Patience. It takes a lot of it, bro. You have yeah. to trust the process. You absolutely have to trust, trust the, process. the process. Amen. Even God. when you have people who are supposed to have your back saying, you should do it this way. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Stay on the path. It right. works. Trust me. Hey, man, right. at the end of the day, it's easy to just go ahead and burn everything down. man. You know, oh, yeah. burn Let's all go. bridges. I had to hell with it. Like, you know, I didn't like this. So I'm a like we were talking about at the beginning of the show, man, acting out of emotion, man. That just kind of never serves anybody well. You know what I'm saying? Right. Continue to fight the good fight and, and do what you need to do. In the long run, it it, it will pan out for you. It'll, it'll work out for you. Stay in the pocket. Another thing is this, is that, you know, young men that have kids too early is kind of, it's kind of like almost the breeding ground for this sort of thing. Don't you think? Or can, can I get a, uh, a witness on that? Amen, brother. It is. It is. <laughs> You know, and, and have spoken from a person that, that has seen this several times in, in family and in community, and, you know, just we got to make sure to start educating these young men uh, about their options, about their responsibilities and, and expectations and, and legacy and all of those things that go into making a, making better decisions than, than some of us are making these days. Uh, yeah, I say so, Herman. Um, and and you, you make a great point, man, especially speaking from a man that waited a little bit later in his life to to have kids, man. So do you feel yeah, still, I get it. Yeah, you you feel as though that that really prepared you as far as maturity wise and things of that nature. Hey, listen, I, you know I don't want to see some kids that I had to raise when I was God, even in my thirties. Yeah, yeah, you got problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, the maturity also it always helps, man. It kind of puts you in a situation to where it's, you know, when you're young. I remember fighting for my kids and fighting with her and fighting with, you know, parents into it. It's like the one family gets another. It's it's a bad situation, man. It's just not a good breeding ground for anything good at all, man. So you're definitely right, man. Wait till you are in a position to where you are ready to have a family, start having some children, man, because it is not 
for the faint of heart <laughs> whatsoever. I, I was thinking, that, you know, you were talking about maturity, man. Do y'all remember ever like, hey, listen, I got, I got $20. I'm going to go to this capital party instead of eat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. I got enough money to buy a new shirt. Get a drink at the bar, man. I, I got it all down to a science, bro. Hell yeah. <laughs> hey, I ate yesterday. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Bad decisions, man. Or or young decisions. You know what I'm saying? We had nobody else to worry about eating after we ate. After we ate, our family was full. I was good, bro. Yeah, man, not to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I feel you. But one more thing that I wanted to circle around to is... Uh, as far as estranged fathers are concerned, um, when we get several steps down the road from, you know, a strange parent and some years of roll by, I feel like we got to really start to check our pride at the door sometimes, man, because especially I did in, in the research I did about this, this topic is Usher, you know, by the time that he wanted to, he felt like he wanted to bridge that gap between him and his estranged father, man, his father was in a hospital bed, you know, lying in a coma and then ended up dying and they never got to mend those fences so we also need to com combat that male ego shit man that's that you know that gets in the way of of everything sometimes yeah yeah it does that's a lot of anger man that's a lot of pent-up issues and feelings when you don't when you feel like that your father had been a part of your life for that long of a time Okay, full circle. One thing you mentioned in the first segment, and you you were talking about like Shaq and person like that. Right. Will these people would they be the people that they would? Would they be the people that they are had they had a father figure? And I say probably not because you know uh, you got to have a log on the fire, man. And you know I'll talk about like people like Ray Lewis. He talked about his motivation for you know for exercising like he did and doing everything he wanted to break all of his father's records in high school mm -hmm. because his father left him yeah you know that's that's yeah. a, so it's a log for the fire man so no dl hewley all these people you know they, they they all have something to prove at the end of the day yeah perseverance man get a yeah. chip on your shoulder man it kind of kind of drives you man kind of puts you in a position to where you got a place to go and you want to show Exactly, father and everybody else that you can get to where you need to go with by yourself and you know what at the end of the day it's a it's a cry out to say hey i am worthy <laughs> <laughs> worthy indeed sir <laughs> worthy indeed you should have loved how me do you guys how do you guys feel about lavar ball i mean he really pushed his kids he got some pro athletes out of it you know he gets a bum rap man <laughs> yeah, i think he gets a bum rap i think too, he man. does too I think he does too. I totally agree. I think he does too. Um, I, I think it's a situation to where maybe the league wasn't used to fathers, black fathers, black fathers. being in a place to where they are uh, setting the stage and setting the role for their kid and not getting lost in the shuffle somewhere. And hey, then, hey real talk, he's he is a little irritating though, but of course, of course. Is, but you know, his irritation got his kids to the league. Yeah. If I could have been a little more irritating with my son, I probably would have done that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah man. He's got all a these, formula, man. He's all these formula. cats, man. You know, Michael Jackson didn't like his father at all, man. He didn't fool with him at all. He fooled with his mom. Oh, he fool Joe. With his Joe. You know, oh, Joe, bro. And Joe. it wasn't for Joe having them moving bricks from inside the house to outside the house just for the hell of it every day. For all the brothers, man, they probably wouldn't be where they are right now. But I'd venture to say they wouldn't be where they are right now. 
Hey, hey one time, one time Rich for 2300 Jackson Street, man. One time. One time, bro. GI. GI, brother. GI. Earl, you made a great point right there. King Richard, man. Like, now, you know what I'm saying? Where is he at now? From what I understand, that their relationship isn't very good between, you know, the daughters and, and, and King Richard. So, and I know that's for probably possibly a bunch of other stuff that's going on. But again, would they be where they are right now if it wasn't for him pushing them the way that he did? I feel like everybody knows their children and you can't, I mean, especially those of us who have multiple kids, you can't parent to all your kids the same way. No, so if I need to kick this one in the ass and get them to do something, that's what I'm going to do. But if I need to gently love this one, that's what I'm going to do. I can't just dump it all on them and expect them to, you know, be motivated the same. It, it just doesn't work. They and I believe that they saw thing. something in their kids, like, I'm going to push them and see if they want it. And I think a lot of times we'll do that, and if they don't want it, we'll back off. Right. But these kids, they, these parents, these fathers saw something in the kids enough to push them to greatness. Right. Right. Because they were on a cusp of it. Yeah. And then, and then they, he pushed them. Yeah, they pushed them. So, but, so yeah, I man. Mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know if y'all have ever seen those old, you know, you know, 50 millimeter or whatever it is, the the, uh, the film of Michael when he was like six years old uh, auditioning at Motown. I have. You'd have to be a blind man and not see that this kid was special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, yeah you know, maybe, maybe I would have been Joe too. Yeah, yeah, head and shoulders. And all you had to do was put a little effort into a little elbow grease into him, man, put a little discipline in him. Michael was touched by God himself. Okay. Yeah, had to have been, man. Had to have been. Dude was what, seven, eight when he first started doing that, leading the group? Come on, man. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> and he was worthy. He, yeah, again, yeah. he was worthy. Indeed. Indeed. But, okay, so. so in conclusion, to put a bow on it, to, to kind of shut everything down, to, to put it in a, in a nice box and, and send it, um, a strange fathers. What, what are we saying? What's what's the uh, takeaway from this discussion, fellas? To be consistent and be available, man. Do everything that you have to do uh, in your earthly power to make sure that you are available to your kids. I'm not saying um, that we as men don't all have some type of a breaking point or a point where we have to wash our hands and walk away because we all do have that point. Uh, but let's do everything in our power not to get to that point. Make sure you are consistent available for your kids. Mr. Wallace. I want to first say that there is a difference between abandonment and a strange. When you're dealing with estranged kids, these are older kids, and the relationship, for whatever reason, has strayed. Like Steve said, you need to make sure that it's not so easy for them to estrange themselves from you. At the end of the day, you are, no matter how old your kids get, you are the parent and they are still the child. It may be an adult child, but you are still the parent. You need to control the narrative to try to reel them back in. And if it, if it just doesn't work, then so be it. All right, I, I think we've uh, said everything that needed to be said about this the subject, as always, man. It's, it's always so much fun talking to you guys, man. Um, do we have anything that we need to uh, do as far as uh, table setting for? Oh, you got to tell everybody how to find us, see, please. Yeah, man, get, get at us, man, on Facebook, on Instagram, Firm Fatherhood, one word, man, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, SoundCloud. You'll find our episodes on there, man. You got anything that you want to holler at us about, firmfatherhood at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns. Hit us up, man. We can talk about it. Earl Wallace. 
Oh, I got nothing. I just appreciate the opportunity hanging out with you guys. It's always <laughs> a pleasure. If there are no other words from us, hey, I'm Herman Trass. I'm Stephen Worthy. Earl Wallace. This is Fern Fatherhood. We'll talk to you the next time. I'll back you up.